I'm so glad that you guys are here today. Pastor Joshua sends his greetings. He's at our new Waterville campus today, breaking down the word there. And I'm excited to be here uh, this week. I was so excited to see that I was on schedule the, the Sunday after banquet because just really uh, wanted to express, I know that Pastor Renee already expressed, but again, I want to express just my gratitude and my love for you all. So many of you guys came out and served and helped and gave your all, and even if you weren't able to be here, I know that you covered us in prayer and carried us in your hearts, so I just want to say thank you. It was our 10th annual banquet, and God showed up and showed out, so let's give a hand clap to the Lord, a praise offering to him. Because he is able. He is able. And did Pastor Dorothea break it down this morning or what? Listen, not that many people can bring in the presence of the Lord like that, like a cappella. Is that how you say it with, with no instruments? Yeah. Not many people can do it, but Lady D can. I'm telling you what, I know people who, who um, started listening to more gospel because they start coming here and I'm telling you, you just, you just bring it in and they're like, ooh, if I could just get Lady D. When are you going to make your CD? You know you got a worship CD in you, right? Y'all ready for, I mean, I know she just released a book. I mean, that's, that's awesome enough. Y'all got to get it if you, haven't, if, you, if you haven't got it yet and follow her on YouTube. But we're ready for that CD. Yeah, we are. God is good. We are blessed here at Vision Ministries with just a wonderful team, and, and um, just, it's just really a blessing um, to be able to lead and um, help with all that God is doing here. So, again, thank you, and thank you for allowing us to speak and to share God's word. We're going to just open up in a word of prayer. I know we've already been praying, but this is a house of God, a house of prayer. So we are going to continue on in that prayer and just know that God is going to move. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. God, I pray that you would truly open every single one of our ears today, that we would hear your spirit speak. As we have been talking about tuning in and we've been talking about hearing your voice, we don't want to just talk about it. God, we actually want to hear your voice. We actually want to hear the direction of God on our lives. And God, today I pray that this word would bring confirmation because I know that your spirit is already speaking to your people. So, Father, I thank you for confirmation. God, I thank you for the whispers of the Holy Spirit in this place today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. All right. Thank you. I have been suffering. I don't want to say suffering. I mean, I got missionary friends that suffer, but I've been having this sinus affection for about three weeks. So y'all can pray for me that I get over this because it is driving me nuts, but God is still faithful and and good. So if I end up sounding like my teenage son today and you hear my voice squeak um, and whatever, just bear with me, okay? Because I'm not going to hold back. This sinus affection is not going to get in my way in Jesus' name. So tuned in, scripture that this series is based on is John 10, 27, and I like it in the New King James Version the best. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Man, isn't that good? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The definition of tuned in is to be attentive or receptive to somebody or something. Hmm. I like this picture of the old radio that's up here. The reason I like it is because if anyone has been familiar with the old radio or even a radio, and you can't quite get a channel. I remember a few, um, maybe a couple years ago, Pastor Joshua was on Yes FM. And that's before I knew how to download the app on my phone. And I was trying to listen to him to be that supportive wife. And I, I had, we had this radio in our living room, and I was trying to get it right at the And I was like, I heard him, but then I couldn't quite hear him. And I was trying to adjust the knobs in just such a way that I can tune in. You know, sometimes in our life, God ne- needs to make some adjustments so that we can really hear him. Sorry, y'all, I can't preach with a cough drop in my mouth, but that was tasting good, though. I tried. 
Today's message title is called Navigating God's Way. Can you say it with me? Navigating God's Way. God dropped this word in my heart this week on Tuesday. Thank God because I don't know if I would have been able to hear him on Saturday because I was in an after banquet coma. Um, (laughs) But God is faithful and he dropped this word in my heart for you because See, friends, we don't want to just hear God for some kind of general way. That's good. We, we, I mean, we do want to hear him in a general way, but not only in a general way. We want to hear him specifically. We want to hear him for direction in our life. We want to hear him so that he can navigate us and that we can navigate our life his way. See, navigate means a plan or a direct route or course or ship of a ship aircraft, or other form of transportation, especially by using instruments or maps. To navigate God's way, we must hear his voice, say his voice, so we know what route to take. I have a little token for you that I want you to keep. Um, Some of my friends are going to come, and they're going to pass these out. I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to give you guys something little and small to help you remember that he wants you to navigate his way, that he has a plan and purpose for your life. So you're going to get these papers, and you're going, to, uh, you're going to take the ribbon off. And when you do, you'll see that it's a map of Toledo because that's where God has us at right here at South and Broadway in Toledo. And it has a scripture, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Friends, God knows you. But you need to make sure that you know him in order to follow him. Now, right now, a very popular uh, term to call Christians in the Western world, especially in America, is Christ followers. Have you ever heard that? How can you follow him if you have no direction for your life? How can you follow him if you don't know how to navigate all the different voices that you may hear, your own voice? Satan's voice, the voice in the world. How can you know him unless you are able to truly tune in to hear him? God has a plan and purpose for your life today, friends, and we want to dig into that. So that little small token, that small gift is just something to remind you that God knows. He, he, you may plan your course, but he orders the steps of the righteous. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He wants to give you real direction. Say real direction. I'm talking about when you're seeking him and you say, should I take this job or do you have another job for me? Should I go back to school and finish my education or should I get a, uh, a trade in, in a certain area? Should, should I marry this person that I've been with for three years or do I need to kick him to the curb? Come on, I'm talking about real direction, friends. Real direction for your life. Paul, the man of God, the apostle Paul, knew God in such a way that he was, that God was really his compass. God was the one who was able to help navigate him through every decision and and, and help him direct his path. And if God could do it for Paul, God can do it for us. And I want to just break down um, a passage of scripture that is a very unique, and if, if I dare to say almost weird passage, in the Bible. There's a few of them. Anyone who reads their Bible and says, it's boring, I believe, you're not really reading your Bible. <laughs> God wants us to have an understanding, and I believe that we can get this from, from reading, especially this passage here in Acts chapter 21. I'm going to break down it for you. See, Paul had left Ephesus, and now he's headed towards Jerusalem. In the first few view- verses of Acts 21, we see um, after a couple of stops, Paul and his traveling companions arrived at Caesarea. There they met a a man named Agabus who gave Paul a message from the Holy Spirit. And I want to read to you what that message was in verse 10 to 14. It says, after we had been there for a number of days, a prophet Agabus came down from Judah or Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, the Holy Spirit says in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. 
When he heard this, he and all the people there pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am not only, uh, am I not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. The Lord's will be done. See, friends, this map is to remind you, you may have plans in your hearts, but the Lord's will be done in our life. Because when we are followers of Christ, that means we follow him where he leads us. And to be followers and to have direction, we've got to hear him speak, friends. God doesn't just speak to the special people. God speaks to all of his people because we're all special in him. We're all unique. We're all wonderfully and fearfully made in Christ. And when Jesus died, the veil was broken. So it's not just the priest once a year that can go into the Holy of Holies, friends. It's not just the Apostle Paul who can be caught up to the third heavens, friends. God wants to have a personal relationship with you where you hear his voice. So we're going to break down this passage a little bit more, and we're going to learn how to hear God for direction in our life. How many of you want to hear God's direction in your life? Come on. I mean, really want to hear his direction. We're going to break down that word here as an acrostic because I love to do it. So we're going to say the very first thing we need to hear God's direction for our life is the Holy Spirit. Well, come on, somebody. I'm talking the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. If you need direction in your life, then you must learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys have heard that saying, being led by the Holy Spirit? I want to break that down for you and what that means. See, the Holy Spirit is called our guide for a reason. Have you heard the Holy Spirit called our guide? What it says is right here in Scripture in John 16, 13. But when he said the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will what? Guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. What's that? Speak? Hmm, interesting. He will speak only what he hears. Are you getting this, somebody? And he will tell you. What is yet to come? Friends, if you do not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you have not invited the Holy Spirit into your heart, see, there's people out there that says, once you get saved, well, then you have all the Holy Spirit. No, friends, I believe that the Holy Spirit is there when you get saved. He is present in that work for sure. But like Paul, when he went to um, Ephesus, he met a group of believers that believed in God and Jesus and and was baptized in Jesus, but But they said, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? And they said, who is the Holy Spirit? See, God is one God, three parts. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And friends, the Holy Spirit is not the second cousin twice removed from the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead, and we have got to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Because he is our guide. And he's speaks what he hears. And when we are born again, our spirit man comes alive. And who do you think gives birth to that? The Holy Spirit, friends. Jesus said that he was not leaving us as orphans, but he was sending one greater than himself, the Holy Spirit. See, some say, have said that the sin of the Old Testament was the people did not receive God the Father. The sin of the New Testament is the people did not receive God the Son. And the sin of the church today is we have not received God, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) See, friends, Paul was committed to follow the Holy Spirit, even though he knew it would be hard. I believe Paul was able to stay the course because he had already heard the Holy Spirit speak to him. Now, some people, there are people who, who, um, I, I really spent some time and I've, 
taught this passage before. It's one that's very interesting to me. It's not a passage that a lot of people I've heard speak of, but it is one that for some reason grabs my attention. And so I have taught this before. And so I went back over some, some things and I was listening and I was, I was researching. I, spend, I, I don't just get up here and talk, friends. I spend some time doing this. And so I spent some time getting up and seeking the Lord. And there's a lot of um, theologians that debate about this scripture. And, and, and I disagree with a set of them. There's a set of them that says, well, Paul missed God because the Holy Spirit warned what, what, to, what was going to happen. And so Paul um, missed God because the Holy Spirit warned through the prophet Agabus. I mean, in a dramatic way, if, if, if you will. I mean, he took his belt off. I mean, can you imagine going to church and I could see Steve doing it, but can you imagine going to church and someone ripping your belt off, Pastor Earl? I mean, that, that's a little weird. You know what I'm saying? That's a little weird, okay? But the Holy Spirit warns Paul through this dramatic display of the prophet that, that he was going to be in trouble when he goes to Jerusalem. So there are some theologians that believe that he disobeyed God by still going to Jerusalem. But I disagree with that because in the scriptures earlier on, we see in Acts 20, the one chapter before, that Paul says this in 22 and 24. He says, and now compelled by the Spirit, by the what? By the Spirit. I am going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. He didn't know at that time, but he knew he was supposed to go. So here we come in chapter 21. Now he knows for sure what's going to happen because how are you going to forget that display? Prophetic word. I'm talking about Steve had us put our hand up in the air today, but this prophet made him take his belt off. Come on, somebody. You ain't going to forget that. Now he knows, but see, he goes back to what he already heard God speak through the Holy Spirit. And he says, I know that in every city, so God has already been speaking, in every city, the Holy Spirit, what? Warns me. Warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. See, even before the prophet Agabus made his dramatic display of what would happen to Paul, the Holy Spirit already told him. Friends, the Holy Spirit often comes, and, and, and the prophetic, should I say, the prophetic often comes as a confirmation to what you already know. If you have a relationship with God, you should not have to run after a man of God to prophesy over you. But God loves us enough that he will send a man of God to prophesy to confirm what you should already know. That's why people get messed up sometimes. See, I was in Bible school and of that young age of, what, 21, and there was... Uh, we were at church and there was a prophetic movement happening and this man of God from Africa was there and he was praying and it was, the church was packed with probably at least 3,000 people there and he gave an altar call for refreshing and, and boy, at, at 21 on fire for God, I mean, I thought I needed refreshing. That's before 20 years of ministry and four kids. I need more refreshing now. But I took my 21-year-old self and ran my butt up to that altar, right? And I'm like, pray, pray refreshing over me. And so he prayed over me, and then he, he went down. I mean, I'm telling you, it was, the altar was way bigger than this, okay, twice this size. And he's praying over people, and he, he didn't spend much time. It was just refresh him, spirit move, fire. And he's going down, and he's praying. And he gets to me, and he says that. Then he gets three people past me, friends. And then he turns around, and he walks back over me in his South African accent. I would try it, but I would mess it up, so just imagine, okay. And he says, you and your husband's path has already crossed and you will be married soon and you will do great work for the Lord. Now as a 21 year old girl, of course, I went through the list of every man of God I could possibly think of who I had already crossed path with. Of course, I started with the men that was in the Bible school with me. And I'm like, hmm, could it be this one? Could it be? And I'm telling you, I was ready. I'm like, come on, man of God has been prophesied. But thankfully, I had wisdom enough to say, I am not going to chase after this prophetic word. Instead, I am going to hold it in my heart like Mary held the word of God in her heart. And I'm going to treasure it. And I'm going to ponder on it. And I'm going to wait for God to bring it to pass. Well, wouldn't you believe I got out, I, I went to the Bible school and 
felt like the Lord said, you only need to go one year. I finished the rest of the school in a summer while I came back and interned at my home church. And guess who was the intern with me? Pastor Josh Hester. Before he was Pastor Josh Hester. When he was just a skinny six foot, 360 pound, pimple faced young man. <laughs> I fattened him up real good. But friends, I'm thankful that I didn't feel like, I didn't even think Josh when I went down the list, even though we had already crossed paths. Because when I left for Bible school, he was still listening to some secular music and he wasn't quite where I thought he should be at. I'm just, I'm just telling you what I thought back then. But then when I got home, God did a lot in a year. God did a lot in a year. And thankfully, he removed me in that year so that God could do it and not joy. Friends, we have got to listen to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit be our guide. His voice is the most important, okay? So my, my question to you today is, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Hmm. If you want to hear God's direction for your life, then you need the Holy Spirit and you also need expectation. Can you say expectation? Psalms 5, 3 says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice, and in the morning I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. We need to expect God to move. I love Priscilla Shire, and she says this. She says, do you think God loves you enough to die for you on the cross, but not enough to speak to you? We really think God loves us enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, on the, uh, our sins, but not enough to speak to us for what we need right now today. Friends, that is deception, the tool of the enemy, because God loves us enough to speak to us today, but we've got to expect him to move. Guess what? When I come to church, I don't expect it to be booty. When I come to church... I expect it to be lit. I can't say lit in Waterville, so I've been waiting a couple weeks to say that. When I come to church, I expect it to be fire. Did you see that spit? Yeah, that was good. Fire. When I come to church, I expect God to move. When I come to church, I expect I'm going to see Lady D. Do her bobbing thing. I expect that she's going to get low and we're going to go, y'all. Come on. I expect the Holy Spirit is going to move in worship. I expect that the Holy Spirit is going to touch you during the word of God. But some of us come into church and we just, ugh, ugh, I barely got here dragging our kids, having an attitude in the foyer about trying to check them in. Being all upset, didn't get our morning coffee, barely. We come in late. We come in on time for everything else, but we don't come to church on time. Listen, I went to an African church in Columbus. And when I mean African church, I mean all many different countries from Africa, Nigerians and, and all kinds of different countries. They all came together and they were immigrants and they went to church in Columbus. It's called Jesus Power Church. It is a powerful, awesome church. When I was young and Josh and I first married, we went with Pastor Keith to this church. We got there early because we were supposed to minister. Oh, there was like 30 people at least there already. They had the praise music going. They had the Windex in their hands. They're spraying the windows, wiping it down, speaking in tongues, bringing in the Holy Spirit. Friends, they expect a move of God. But in the American church, oh, best believe, we ain't going to be on time. We're going to be late. And not only are we going to be late, if they go too long, we're going to leave early. We didn't pray before we come. We didn't prepare ourselves. We didn't listen to worship. We didn't open our Bible because we don't expect God to move. God will speak to the hearts of those who prepare themselves to hear. And conversely, those who do not so prepare themselves will hear nothing, though the word of God is falling upon their outer ears every 
Sunday. A.W. Tozer. What are you doing, friends, to prepare yourself to hear the voice of God? There's so many other voices out there. You could go on social media and you can be motivated by somebody. You can get a life coach to help help you along the way. You can find a mentor. You can find a group of friends that would have something in common with you and encourage you. But friends, there is nothing like the voice of God. And we do a lot of things to prepare for a lot of other things. Some of you spend more time getting your picture ready for Instagram so you could take a picture of it and post it on, on Instagram or Facebook of how you just had devotions with the Lord than actually spending time in devotions with the Lord. If you truly expect to speak, then him to speak, then you will make time to listen to him. If you truly expect him to speak, then you will make time to listen to them. Oh, but pastor, you understand I work a full-time job, and so did Paul. And he, and he was the apostle Paul, and he, he was a tent maker. Oh, you don't understand I got four kids, and? Do you know how many kids uh, uh, the Wesleys had? And I'm talking like old school. I can't think of the, the mother's name, but she was the one who birthed Charles Wesley, John Wesley, all of them. I'm probably saying their names wrong, but they were some of the, brought in some of the great awakenings in America. And she had, I can't remember how many kids. It was like, I think, I don't want to say it because this is being recorded and messed up, but it was a lot. I'm talking about like probably, it, it was before the reality shows of having, you know, nine, 10, 11 kids. Do you remember how many, was it, she had seven? Seven, seven kids. I thought it was 17. Yeah, 17 kids. That's what I thought. 17 kids. And yet she took time that they record the, the, their, the, cause they, they had many of them became pastors and revivalists and, and, um, they brought in an awakening during their time. And they talk about their mom and they said that, that their mom used to take her apron and she would throw it over her face. And when she, and she would sit in her rocker and the kids knew, don't you dare mess with mom at this time. Mom is praying. My kids know that about their dad. I need, a, I need to get an apron for myself. If someone wants to bless me, I need one because they still bug me when I'm in my prayer chair. Last night, both Josh and I were praying and seeking God's face. Josh was on his face. At least two of the kids came down and was bugging me. I said, why don't you ask your dad? He's praying. So am I. <laughs> we're not going to bug dad. I guess I need to get on my face a little bit more and not just pray my rocking chair. I don't know. But listen, friends, she raised world changers. Andy Stanley said the most, maybe the best investment you can make for the kingdom is not what you can do, but who you will raise. We have got to expect our children to grow up on fire. I don't expect Shua to backslide. I expect Shua to do great and mighty work for the Lord. I don't expect Julie to grow up and get into all dating and boys and all this. I expect her to be such a woman of God that boys are going to have to catch up to where she is if they even want to get a chance with her. That's what I expect from my kids. What do you expect for your kids? What are you expecting? This is the thing. You can have all of God that you want. How bad do you want him? When you anticipate God to speak to you, he will. And he says in Jeremiah 29, 13, we like to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I ha have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and future. Two verses down, this is what he says. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. With God to expect him to move, and in order to expect him to move, we've got to do our part, friends. We've got to do our part. We've got to prepare. We've got to get ready. Come on. I'm ready to get ready. I don't want to be the five foolish versions that didn't keep oil on my lamp. I want to be ready. Do y'all want to be ready? We've got to prepare then. We've got to prepare so that we can anticipate and expect him to move. If you want to hear God... Uh, for direction in your life, you need the Holy Spirit. You need to wait and expect him to speak. And you need to stay on your assignment. Mm. 
If you want to hear from God, stay on your assignment. As the young people say, stay in your lane. Focus on what God is calling you to do. Don't worry about what he's calling someone else to do. Focus on what he's calling you to do. And stay in the lane that he's called you to do. If you stay in your lane, if you stay on your assignment, God will move. See, if you want to hear God's voice clearly and you are uncertain, then remain in his presence until he changes this uncertainty. Often much can happen during this waiting for the Lord. Corey Ten Boom. Friends, some of you guys are in a waiting season. And you know that God has more for you. But it is a temptation to run ahead of the plan and purpose of God's life. Our, our will, will for your life. It's a temptation when you know that God has something for you to not prepare. God spoke to me very clearly that when I enter into my 40s, it is going to be a new season for me. And that I need to take this last year of my 30s and prepare myself for it. It's very easy for me to want to just jump in and to not do what, to, to just jump in both feet right now and to go ahead and start some of these things that I know that he's calling me to do. But then if I did that, I would not be preparing myself in a way that God has asked me to prepare myself from. Sometimes God tells you, this is what you're supposed to be, and this is what you're supposed to do, and then you run too fast trying to do it, and you don't take the time to prepare. You don't take the time to wait, and you miss the assignment on your life right now. If you don't know which way to go, friends, if you don't know which job to take, if you don't know what college to attend, if you don't know who you should marry, what neighborhood you should live in, if you don't know what you should speak and how, what ministry you should participate in, then stay in the last place that he sent you until you hear his, vo his voice. Stay on the assignment that he gave you. Oftentimes, we try to move to the next assignment before we finish the assignment that he gave us and gave us what to do, and we don't finish well. See, Paul knew that it was part of his assignment to go to Jerusalem, even though he was warned that it would be hard. He knew it was his assignment. How did he know this? Because when he was knocked off that horse, friends, on his way to Damascus, and he was blinded by God, and then God sent another prophet, prophet to open up his eyes and speak to him the word of God for him is that he would learn to he would suffer much for the kingdom and that he would stand before kings to testify he knew he was gonna suffer so when the Holy Spirit warned hey don't go to go to Jerusalem if you go to Jerusalem you're gonna suffer he knew that he was still supposed to go even though he was gonna suffer some of us move from one assignment before it's completed to another assignment because we don't like the suffering that we are experiencing in the assignment that we're in. Right? Right? Some of us move from the assignment that we are in to the next assignment before it's time because we don't like the suffering that we are experiencing in the assignment that we are in. But this is hard right here, Pastor. You don't understand what I'm going through. My marriage is tough. You don't understand what I'm going through. I, you don't understand the, the, the suffering that I'm experiencing. Oh, you almost got spit on too. Come on, girl. You don't understand. You know it's good then. You're going to love this front row. You know it's good then. <laughs> We've got to complete the assignment God has for us, even though it's hard, even though it's not easy, even though sometimes you just want to quit. You want to stomp your feet and throw yourself on the ground and throw a grown man temper tantrum. You want to throw yourself on the ground and say enough is enough. And then the still small voice of God comes and you know what he says? He says, this suffering's a gift. It's a gift for you. Because in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. 
grace to you, friends, and your suffering. Grace to you and your suffering. Some of you, I don't mean to say this without heart. I'm not trying to say this without compassion because some of you, some of you have suffered. Some of you are truly hurting. Some of you have been through it. And you are just ready to be done with this assignment. But friends, I'm here today sent by God to tell you that if you will allow the Holy Spirit to work through you during this time, during this assignment, during this time of suffering, you are going to come out pure as gold, friends, refined by the refiner's fire. You're going to come out, even though you've been in the furnace, not smelling like smoke. You're going to come out shining with the brightness and the brilliance of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, friends. You're going to come out stronger than what you went in, but you got to complete the assignment. you got to stay the course. If Paul did not stay the course, friends, we would not have two-thirds of the New Testament. Because guess what? Paul went to Jerusalem and sure enough, he suffered. Sure enough, he, he was bound in chains and he went before kings. But when he was thrown his, in prison, guess what he did? He wrote many of the what they call the prison epistles. And it's his words in those epistles, Ephesians 6. We just went through a whole, a whole sermon series on the armor of God. We would not have had that beautifully pinned if Paul did not stay the course and stay on his assignment. Friends, what you're going through right now, God is doing something in you so that you can have a ministry to others with the same compassion and the same comfort you have received from the Holy Spirit in your time of suffering. It is that same comfort that you comfort others, friends. It's that same ministry that you receive in this time that you can now Minister to others. Stay on your assignment. Finish it well. Don't just skip out on it because it's hard. Don't just say forget it and throw in the towel because it's not easy. Stay on your assignment and finish strong. So if you want to hear the voice of God, God doesn't just speak to you for you to hear him. He speaks to you so you can obey him. Hmm. Some of you are not seeing the results you desire in your life because you are not staying focused on the assignment he has given you. Wait on God, listen to his voice, stay in your lane and watch him move in your life. So if you want to hear God's direction for your life, you need the Holy Spirit. You need to expect him to speak. You need to stay in your assignment and finish well. Friends, most importantly, you need a relationship with him through it all. Hearing God's voice is all about relationship. I know my man so well that when he walks in and I'm sitting in my office in the basement and he's at the door, this just happened. I had some of my Waterville friends who helped us serve at the banquet um, this Thursday night and they were um, waiting with me in my office and we were just chit-chatting about all kinds of nothing while other people were working. (laughs) Lord help us. I was tired, y'all. I was tired. But we were just talking it up and, and I heard something at the door. I heard keys and then I heard steps. And I said, I bet you that's my man. Let me see if I know my man's keys and step sound. Sure enough, here he came. He was supposed to go home. He was taking the kids home. So it, it shouldn't have been him. But I heard, his, I heard how he sounded. I knew it was him. And he came in, and he was like, you know what? I dropped off the kids real quick, and I came back because I saw that a whole bunch of people's cars were still over at the library, and I want to make sure that no one's walking over to the library this late at night, so I'm going to go get everyone's keys and bring the cars back. What a gentleman. But I knew it was him because I know the way he sounds. Because I have a relationship with him. My son, my oldest son, he probably wouldn't do this today as a teenager, but when he was about eight years old, we start having, I think when he was eight, right when I had justice, and so we had the most kids we ever had. And it was at the end of the uh, school year, and he was getting ready to be re- rewarded. And 
before, Josh and I always went to both of the, uh, we went to all the kids' awards together. But at this time, Justice came and he changed everything. And I said, son, your mommy and daddy ain't bringing Justice to those awards. He ain't one of those, those little kids that's going to sit down and be good. He's going to make himself known. Mm -mm, we're not bringing Justice to the awards. So, so you got to decide who you want to come see you when you receive your reward. And I thought for sure because Shua, by, after he was weaned, he, was, he said, bye, mom, I'm all daddy. I'm a daddy's boy. Shua's the biggest daddy's boy. But he looked and he said, I love dad, but I want you to come. And I thought for sure I got a pass. I got a, new, I got a new baby at home. He's a daddy's boy. I don't got to get up and get dressed and look decent to go in front of all the other moms and cheer him on. But sure enough, he said, I want you, mom. I said, why do you want me over your dad? You know, you know, I was trying to work it a little bit. He said, yes, I want you because your voice carries, and I know you're going to cheer louder than dad does when I receive this reward. I said, all right, son, I'm going to be front and center, and you're going to hear me. And sure enough, he received his little award and all the other dignified TCS minds were clapping. And I said, yeah, that's my boy. Woo, 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 woo. And he walked across like, my mama's cooler than your mom. What? I know my mama's voice. Listen, friends, God is cheering us on. Matter of fact, the Bible says not just God, but there's a great cloud of witnesses. And they're looking to you and they're saying, you can do it. They're saying, keep going. Stay in your lane. Stay in your assignment. Complete the task. And make sure that when it's hard, that you dig in deeper to your relationship with God. Because that's what's going to carry you through. See, the scripture that this whole series is based on, again in John, and it goes, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How can we follow if we don't know him? We've got to know him. Scariest scripture in the New Testament found in Luke when Jesus says, when, people, when he, he shares a parable and he says that many will come to him on that day and they will say, Lord, Lord, didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I even prophesy in your name? And he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. And friends, that word in the Greek correlates to the word in the Hebrew in the book of Genesis where it said, Adam knew Eve. It means intimacy, friends. See, God, when he said, when, when we as Christians talk about personal relationship, we're not just talking about any kind of re relationship. We're not talking about, well, relations as in a cousin twice removed. We're talking about personal, intimate, close relationship. That's what God wants for you. So much so that Jesus, listen to what Jesus calls us. Jesus calls us his bride. Even you men. He calls us his bride. And women, he calls us his sons in the actual Hebrew. It doesn't, if you actually are in the actual Greek. <laughs> Because there's no male and female in Christ Jesus, friends. We're all one. We're all one. And he calls us as his very own, his dearly loved children. Father God is what he wants us. Jesus taught us to pray when the disciples said, how should we pray? He said, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven. Father. Relationship. Not majesty of the whole world, world far off, king of kings and lord of lords. No, our Father. Paul said that the Holy Spirit is your seal and that you have been adopted so that you can cry out, Abba, Daddy, God. Hmm. I remember when I was uh, in the hospital in 2013, and it was the greatest, would I say, minister's retreat I've ever been to. <laughs> was all by myself in the room, was a little salty that my husband had to go home and take care of the kids. Yeah, I brought that word salty out. I can do that since I'm wearing my 90s choker today. And I was there in that hospital room, and I was praying. I was seeking God's face because I was mad about life. I was mad about ministry. I was mad about everything at that time. But I made a declaration that day that no matter what, I will serve you, and I will worship you. And the Lord came in, and he spoke many things to me. 
many things. It was one of the greatest visitations with the Lord I have ever had to this day. But he gave me a new name that day. He said, baby girl. And I don't know why that just spoke to me so much. I never really had a nickname or a pet name growing up. When you have a name, Joy, it doesn't get much shorter than that. <laughs> and so when he spoke a name to me that was a pet name, and now oftentimes when I pray for people, I call them baby girl when it's a, a, a lady that I'm praying for. Because it just was so precious to me. Because he showed me in that day that I was his baby girl. That I was... I, I thought, oh, I'm this woman of God, and I'm this and that and this and that, and I got a little big-headed at that time, and God had to bring me down. But then he brought me back up by saying, but you are mine. You're my baby girl. And he spoke to me, and he breathed life into my very being again. And, friends, I'm telling you, you don't have to get to the hospital room to experience that. God wants to speak to you today, and he wants relationship. Paul understood the importance of relationship with Father God. He talks about being caught up in the, that he knows a man that was caught up in the third heaven. Most scholars believe that he was talking about himself, but he didn't want to talk about himself. You know what I'm saying? Like Pastor Josh and Jubilee Wish, when I tell their stories that I would tell with a different name. I told the story multiple times this summer about Jubilee leading a few girls to the Lord, and she was so mad at me about it. She was like, Mom, I can't believe you did that. I wanted that treasure to be just between, I wanted that to be, like the Bible says, a secret just between me and God. And you told everybody. I said, Lord, you are your daddy's child made over. Josh told me one time, woman, how am I, the Bible says that your right hand is not supposed to know what your left hand is doing. How is that possible with you? You got to figure out a way to be a little bit more secretive. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> So Paul was sitting here in Corinthians, and he was kind of going on a boasting match for a minute, but then he switched. He might have realized, like, man, I'm bragging a little bit too much. He's like, I've got some stuff to brag about if I want to brag. This is in uh, Corinthians, I, I believe, that he was saying this. And then he goes on, he says, he says, but, you know, I know a man that was caught up on the third heavens. And, he said, and then he goes back in, and, and he, then he starts talking about first person again. And then he says, I could actually go on a, and, and brag to you about all the revelations that I have had. He's not even bragging about all the things and all the people that he's led to the Lord and all the churches he started. He is actually talking about just the revelations that he had. He had so many revelations from God, so much insight from God, so much. God literally brought him up to the third heaven. Most scholars believe he was talking about himself. And to the point that he says, I don't even know if I was actually there or if it was just like in the body or out of the body. I don't know, but God knows. But it happened and it was real. And he goes on and talks about all these great revelations that he had. And then even Peter says this, which I found very interesting. In 2 Peter 3, 16, he says, talking about Paul, he said, his letter contains some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the scriptures to their own destruction. So he's talking about Paul. And he says, yeah, Paul says some, his stuff is hard to understand. You know, I was in worship today, and I thought, man, Steve is a lot like Paul. His worship is hard for me to follow sometimes. It's, it's sometimes hard for me to understand. And I've been doing this for just as long, longer than Steve has. But that's okay, because I know he's carrying us somewhere. So I'm going to grab on even when I don't understand, because I know the man. I know the spirit of God that's in him. Friends, sometimes it is hard for us to understand, and that's okay. That's why we're supposed to ask God to help us understand. See, this is my invitation for you today, friends. Jesus wants you to make him Lord and Savior. And this is the thing. If you don't hear his voice, maybe you aren't his sheep. Now, there's two. There's some of you guys out there that you know that you are saved. Don't question your salvation. You know that you are, you are saved, but you need a better understanding. Like I just said, sometimes even with Steve and leading worship and some of the prophetic words he gives, I sometimes just don't understand it, and that's okay. I need a better understanding. That doesn't mean that I'm not saved. Some of you are like that, and you're just saying, God, I want a better understanding. But some of you who have, have never heard God's voice in your own life, maybe it's because you're not, you have not submitted to his lordship. Because 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit. 
but consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. If you want more understanding, friends, ask for more of his Spirit. And if you have not heard his voice at all, ask Jesus to come live in your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to come fill you. Because, friends, God wants a personal relationship with you. So much so that in his last letter, he says this in Ephesians 3.20. He says, I am here. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come and eat with the person and they with me. Would you stand to your feet, please? We already had an invitation today during worship. We already made a public declaration even during worship. God moved. But friends, God wants you to commit. If you got your maps with you today, would you just hold that up? I believe there are some of you today that have been very tempted to walk away because of how hard the assignment is in your life. And I want you to hold your map. And I want you to say in your own words to the Lord today, I am going to stay on my assignment. There's some of you today that feel like you need an extra dose of grace and more relationship with the Lord. You need to get more intimate with him. Friends, you can have as much of God as you want. Just tell him, if that's you today, just say, I want you more, God. I want more of you. I want more of you. And there's some of you today that you love God and you know you're on a, your assignment, but you have not been doing your best to be expected. You have not been doing your best to prepare yourself. Would you just take time to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. And whatever, I'm sorry I come into the house of God any old way and, I'm, and I don't prepare myself. I'm sorry I don't come early. I'm sorry I don't pray before I come. I'm sorry I don't listen to my worship. I'm sorry I don't prepare my heart to receive from you. God, would you help me prepare myself? And not just on Sunday mornings, but every day. Would, I, would you help me prepare myself to make an appointment to meet with you? Would you help me be ex anticipate your moving and expect to hear from you? And there's some of you today that need the Holy Spirit, you have received many things, but you have not received the infilling baptism of the Holy Spirit, and He wants to fill you today. Say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. If that is you today, and you need an extra touch from the Lord, would you just make your way right up to this altar where we can pray for you? Just come on right on down here. Church, you pray. Would you come up and just stand behind these people?